Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name's Aaron. The movie this week is Goodbye, Charlie, from 1964. That might I sound really excited about that. This is not that exciting. <laughs> Directed by Vincent Minnelli, written by George... Okay. Written by... <laughs> no, no, close. Written by George Axelrod and Harry Kernitz. Starring Tony Curtis, Debbie Reynolds, Pat Boone, and uh, who's that? Debbie there? Harry. No, <laughs> she's not in the. I would turn it off because everyone likes. No, I'm just kidding. I like that. Walter Matthau. Oh yeah, Walter Matthau is in this. He's on the last part of the credits. It's not my fault. But- Apparently, James Rowland is in it. Oh, he's doing the twist. Okay. What about the other actress that we said was... Ellen Barkin? Yeah. Yeah. Also starring that one lady that was getting down on the dance floor. Sorry, Ellen Burstyn. That's what I thought. But I didn't want to say because I thought I might be wrong. Yeah, lady getting down on the... Oh, man, she was getting down. By the way... uh, (laughs) Like, everyone else was kind of like, we're here to dance, but she was like, no... No, I'm here to dance. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was like, you guys like to dance, but I dance. Can anyone, can anyone do the twist really well? Step aside. Yeah. I mean, over. at some point, you're like, you have to be tired from <laughs> doing the twist so hard. Yeah. You know, they did all crap what it takes, too. I mean, She's probably a professional lady who pro- does the twist. Professor Twister. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're probably a bunch of the directors were like, well, let's go to one of those swinging clubs. Let's find let's find the girl for this for for this boat scene. And sure enough, they found her. I think. I, I mean, this is my 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 nineteen sixty four imaginary mm. casting detective agency story I just made mm. up. Uh, you you work in and out of Hollywood on occasion, on occasion uh, mostly yeah. for architectural work. Oh, okay, well occasionally known. for other things. So. I was watching the Antiques Roadshow today, Aaron, and they were oh, talking yeah? about uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, and I wanted to get your architect oh, opinions well, on his work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does he does he even know how to build a wall? Listen, guys, <laughs> guys, 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 we're what? talking about Goodbye Charlie. Oh. Okay? I don't even know what this movie was about. You don't know? No. You're not sure? I assume it was about Charlie Tuna, right? Oh. And because... I mean, certainly this had an animated underwater sequence. It was so pretty bomb. I think we were led good. to believe that fish were going to be involved at some point. Yeah, I will say the animated sequence was a little misleading. Mm-hmm. 
I thought it was a little bit I Dream of Genie, mm-hmm. like the animated yeah. stuff, but except it was animals instead. There's probably a better movie, like a Disney animal movie that has an intro more like this, but I can't put my finger on which one it is. Mm. I got flashbacks to the um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but I know that's like a clean... But no, it was, it was cartoon, right? Yeah, it was animated. I don't yeah, know. It just, was, rem- just reminded me mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. I'm no, 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 just no actual real connection there. Just other the than they were both drawn. Yeah. 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 Same yeah. similar style. That one was. It was more on, on par with the actual movie on that one. Yeah. Because right? people were shrinking. Right. And then, like, and they stuff. drew the, the actors and stuff like that. Yeah. Does yeah. Fish Called Wanda have the animated beginning? I think it might. I don't remember. I don't remember. I only saw that the once, like a year ago. That's a good movie. Yeah. I like so that So, we're going to talk about anything but Goodbye, Charlie. Oh, yeah, so, the movie. Yes. It had animated opener. Mm-hmm. But that, what happened before that, though? Uh, seven at once. Seven at once. The twist happened before that. Oh, that's right. There was so much twisting. That scene was really fun. My favorite part was the woman knitting wildly. <laughs> While she was sitting there, she just like she's yeah, yeah. couldn't yeah. handle the party, so she's just like I'm well, gonna knit. That's, she knew something was going on. I've been that knitter before at a party, guys. Oh, <laughs> you connected well with that. Really well dressed yeah. on a well, yacht. I like hanging out with people and talking, but sometimes sure. I just want a, a good book or a good quiet yeah. time or a or a good knitting project. <laughs> no worries, no worries there. Makes sense. The knitting goes with you where you're going. That's yeah. that's all right. And the other lady, I mean, she was making eyes at the other lady. I mean, not not making eyes, you know what I mean? They were, like, giving each other the, like, hmm, something's going on kind of look. And that's because we see a faceless gentleman making out with, a, uh, you know, another w- woman. And uh, in the back, there's also a card game going on. And uh, I didn't recognize Walter Matthau. I was like, well, that guy's face looks familiar, but he has, he has kind of a, a goofy hairdo, right? I thought it was so. him straight off, but oh, I was okay. like, he's not that old yet when this movie was made. They made it look really gray. I'm not sure if his hair was naturally gray early on or what, but yeah. He's brown, but he's always looked like that as far as I know. Like, he's always had that kind of face. And I mean, that's the, like, when you look at older movies, right? People who are our age, they look older than we do now because that was just the way people looked, like. A thirty-year-old looked older than the thirty-year-olds that we are. I hope. <laughs> People usually tell me that I look like I'm twenty-something. So. Mm. Yes. Well, Sarah still gets carded. Nice. I don't get carded. I do get mistaken for a woman if I have long hair, though. Did I ever tell you? About I'm very feminine. What? Did I ever tell you about the time I got carded when I bought a video game? No, but. <laughs> I, I understand. It's pretty funny. It's rated M. Yeah, I bought the Twin Snakes Metal Gear Solid oh, no, for the no, GameCube. No. And he was like, I'm sorry, I need to see your ID. And I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the middle of Toys R Us. <laughs> Show me your ID, kid. Huh? <laughs> yep, you got the exclamation mark over his head. <laughs> 
This was a pretty swinging party at yeah. the beginning of this movie. It kind of set a standard. That, I really dug it, actually. That yeah. part, well, just kind of the way it was being filmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I felt the cinematography was different, maybe. I, I was really intrigued, though. I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah. Like, I was like, I was in. I was in right then. And then, I mean, that feels like probably part that wasn't actually represented in the original stage play at all. You know, this is something that the the writer, the screenwriter, and the director could come up with, you know, to explain where we are, you know, and why Charlie got shot to death in the butt. That's true. He died in the fatal buttock shooting. Because mm-hmm. those bullets could have gone anywhere else, right? I don't know where else it could have gone. I mean, opinion. I actually kind of shouted that out while we were watching the movie. <clears throat> I was like... He got shot in the buttocks. <laughs> directly in the buttocks. I thought he got shot in the butt, but I thought maybe he got shot again. Oh, like, different place on the body or something. Mm. Fired twice, right? He fired a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm. I don't think I got that down in my notes. But... Self-defense. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. The movie's over, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, now now we're getting to more boring stuff in between. I mean, I, it's you know, it's whatever's going on. That goodbye, Charlie. So, theme so the synopsis. No, that's great. I sing that all day long. I mean, it's not Charlie. as good as anything in Quincy's Quest. But, you know. to see you go. Did you know that Sarah told me she doesn't like Quincy's Quest? I thought, this whole time, I thought we had a connection. Over Quincy's well, Quest. I'm pretty sure she told you before no. in no. the way she was talking about the movie. Mm. <laughs> You could have read. <laughs> have you listened to the episode? No, why would I? It's perfect. Oh, okay. When were we talking about low quality movies? You were talking with Spencer about it. On the podcast, right? I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. It might have been before or after. Well, yeah, I was saying that oh, I. Quincy's Quest. One of the factors of a good or bad movie for me is um, production quality. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be a little bit well handled. Sure. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh-huh. <coughs> I think the one thing, I mean, real quick, sideline side Oh, we've only comment. got sideline so far. Sideline side comment on... <laughs> on uh, make a sideline comment on about Quincy's the movie? Quest, oh, uh, Legos. Legos. They did a good job with Legos. Legoland? Yep. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, the bridge. Okay, uh, um... This movie, though. Yeah, Charlie. Here's the synopsis. Charlie goes down. Movie. Here's the synopsis. Sarah, what's the synopsis for this movie? <laughs> well, there is a man who's a womanizer. We don't really get to know him because he's quickly killed first thing <laughs> in the movie. I assume by the jealous husband. I'm sure we get that later. But um, at the time, you just see a guy trying to... Um, sneak away with a woman into a room and then he gets shot at. He gets shot at as he's trying to jump out of a window on a boat and falls to his death in the ocean. And then, and then they kind of try to, um, lighten the mood with this theme song about Charlie (laughs) 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 and the animated fish and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I, it's, um, definitely dark comedy if you're considering that factor but um basically what it's about is this one friend that he's got left because he's kind of he's kind of a mean guy Mm -hmm. um and stabbed a lot of people in the back his friend played by tony curtis comes to town to give the eulogy for his funeral and uh 
when he's there, he finds out he's the executor of the estate and that Charlie is in debt or was in debt. And then this woman shows up at his house and she's saying she has, she can't remember anything, but she wandered to the house. Somebody found her on the road naked. They wrapped something around her like a jacket and she pointed to this house. So, um, pretty soon after that, we come to find out that the woman is reincarnated as Charlie. At least that's, yeah, that's what they're saying. We'll get into whether or not we think that's what actually happened as we get along here. But yeah. Charlie, the womanizer, that's the person who was shot on the boat. And uh, nobody, nobody likes Charlie. Like you get the yeah, very strong impression by the, based on the fact that only four people are at his uh, wake. There's no recovered body, so it's not really a funeral. It's uh, over the top. The, it's a bunch of empty how chairs. how much people don't like him? Yeah, yeah. It's it's not just subtle. It's mm-hmm. in your face how much people didn't like oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did not like him. And even George, uh, it's Tony Curtis's character, is uh, you know like, mm, mm, what do you what do you expect? I mean, I, yeah, the statement he said, or his, I guess you can call it a statement. It definitely wasn't a what they, eulogy. the eulogy type thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very brief paragraph. Yeah, uh, he he plays golf okay. Yeah, he has a great swing. Um, uh, tennis, he enjoyed tennis. Yep. He wrote several pictures. <laughs> They're both screenwriters in this. But uh, yeah, Demi, Debbie Reynolds shows up. And uh, we get a... I think she does really good in this. I think actually that basically all of the, the, the four characters, four actors that I named, I think did a really good job in this movie. What do you, what do you guys think? I, I was actually um, really impressed with Debbie Reynolds. Um, George, the guy who played George. Uh, Tony Curtis. Yeah, Tony Curtis. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Um, other people you mentioned. Yeah, all right. Mm. I mean, I, I wasn't upset with any of the acting. Like, I wasn't like, I didn't like Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau stole a show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote Steve Martin clone. (laughs) Yeah. When we were watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, all I can see is Steve Martin. Like, (laughs) he was doing some, funny accents and things in uh this movie that just reminded me of Steve Martin and his awkwardness and the way he carried himself. Totally. It yeah. was really fun to watch. That bold act that he can do, like, yes, I am the most important person in the room. Hello, that's totally Steve Martin thing. It's like, yeah. He must I mean he must have seen the movie. I'm it, okay, so in sixty four when was he on SNL? I looked it up. It was the seventies. Okay, it was like seventy four. Yeah, and uh, he was already doing stand up before that. But I think that he didn't. Um, I don't know how much of his career would have taken place before this, if at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I think Steve Martin is famous because of Walter Matthau. I'm at pretty all. sure that's what you're I mean. Saying. I'm a big Steve Martin fan. There's just a lot of similarity. I, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be a jerk to Steve Martin when I wrote that. I was just like, no, I just, 
After when, I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Yeah. yeah. yeah when so he's in the remake of Grumpy Old Men and Grumpy or Old Men, then we'll know he actually has moved into that position. First, he had to take over Peter Sellers by, you know, doing the Pink Panther. And then, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Cheaper by the Dozen. I can't remember which actor was in the original version of that. And then, uh, Shop Girl. Well, I guess that wasn't. That was a remake. Steve Martin is an artist, actor, comedian, and writer. Musician. And he's written many plays and novellas, including Shop Girl. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was his thing. I really, yeah. I really like him. Mm -hmm. I think he's cool. Yeah. Multi-talented. I think I like Tony Curtis as an actor. I think I I enjoyed his portrayal as George. This is the only, the second thing I've seen him in. Mm. The other thing was Some Like It Hot, which is, <laughs> it goes along, it goes along with these, this theme of him ending up in situations where his best friend is, and him are in places where he might be, uh, he might be gay. And I think that's really funny because, like, you know, people make fun of the movie Spartacus because it's got it's got homosexual overtones. Like, uh, I haven't seen Spartacus, but I've heard that a whole bunch of times. I I haven't seen it either. I'd have to see it. Yeah, I have an interest. Some like it hot, you know, that that situation. They're they're dressing up like women to go along with the all women band to hide from the the mob or whatever. I've seen it. I've seen it. And uh, It's, it's actually really good. It's a good movie. That goes places. And then there's this movie wherein his best friend Charlie shows up as a beautiful woman. And uh, even at a certain point, it's kind of kind of getting close. They really give him a lot of fun lines in this, some singers. Like, I really liked when, uh, after, when, when Debbie Reynolds has already been introduced and they're, you know, there's, or, 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 or at least the idea that this, 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 you know, half, or excuse me, almost completely naked lady in a man's coat mm-hmm. is in, is in Charlie's house. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you're just looking for Charlie. You're just looking for Charlie. Mm-hmm. I like to the, um, amne- uh, you know, he's like, you know, I, I work for television, you know, amnesia is a, is a, <laughs> excuse me, amnesia, it's a television disease. Yes. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> that not, that, I like that line a lot. Me too. I was thinking even back then it was used in soap operas, probably. Yeah. Guy hit in the back of the head doesn't remember who they are. Seen it a million times. Also, the usage of sweet trombone. So much trombone in this movie. Oh, yeah. It was a character unto itself. That trombone was telling us everything that we needed to know about each situation. So good. I can't can't do a good trombone. It was so good, though. It was so good. I enjoyed the music. I think that really made the movie for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I even enjoyed the, you know, I didn't enjoy the Goodbye Charlie song that much. As it's, it's a fun novelty having like a theme song for your movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that uh, Seven at Once uh, twist song, which doesn't come back again, was was fun enough. When I think of novelty theme songs, all I can think about is Will Smith, man. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's all I can think about. And, and I and I got really sad whenever I see a Will Smith movie nowadays. I get so sad when there's no novelty theme song. <laughs> I know he doesn't do it, it anymore. I, I tr- in my mind, I start trying to make one. Yeah, like here comes the Suicide Squad. No, it just doesn't work though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think he used to insist on it. Oh, I put that was part of the contract because yeah. he could make money off of the music that way as well. Right? Yeah, musician. totally, totally. Mm-hmm. 
I wish he went back there though. He's not. He's not interested anymore. You know, he is a serious actor, doing serious stuff. He's going to raise that son into a good actor someday. We're still waiting. I'm just waiting for that Independence Day Welcome to Earth song to hit. Mm -mm. He had a chance there. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Earth. He died in a test flight or something like that. Independence Day 2. Yeah. Didn't make it. I never actually, I haven't seen that one yet. Spoilers. Well, people who haven't seen that was goodbye, Charlie. So Char- Charlie is a, a scumbag. He's oh, an yeah. absolute scumbag. And even in his uh, female form here, this isn't even my final form. Actually, he is in his final form in this movie. Anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he quickly realizes, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm up to debt in my eyeballs as Charlie. But as this person, you know, I don't have anything going on. But I'm pretty sure with the way I look and with the things I know, I could probably make some quick money if I wanted to. So naturally we, I mean, he's got a target list. He slept with women all over the area. Oh, a cool thing about this movie, at least for us is that it all takes place on basically on the Pacific coast highway, which we're uh, right next to. I, I, I kept like connecting the dots and I was like, did this happen in Ventura? Yeah, yeah. Like, because they, like, keep, they keep mentioning Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, Oxnard, Oxnard, uh, yeah, Malibu. So, like, between those two dots, mm. there's only one. Well, I mean, I guess Isla Vista, maybe. Mm-hmm. There's like, yeah, like maybe. between mm. Malibu and. Oh, they're definitely on the coast. Yeah, yeah. I think they're in Malibu the whole time. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, fancy home, movie stars gonna live there. But we yeah. definitely were like, hey. We know what they're talking about. This is very yeah. familiar. And they drive on that stretch of the road, which yeah. we have all driven on. Yeah. You know, it looks slightly different, but really not that different. You know, yeah. maybe more eroded, maybe a couple of more uh, preventative metal fences so people don't drive into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I swear, they, they were they were definitely filming right right in front of uh, Santa Barbara on the 101. That must have been mm. like right there. It felt like it anyways. Or at least the you know the background film that well, they f- they filled in when the people are just sitting in the yeah not driving car. There's a part <laughs> pretending to drive. Yeah, the person who finds Debbie Reynolds' character who doesn't she doesn't like give herself a name. I don't think right. She doesn't give her. She just Mrs. refers to herself as yeah, yeah Mrs. Charlie, whatever. Sorrel. Sorrel. Yeah, and. Uh, the person who found her originally is uh, played by Pat Boone, and he turns out to be this uh, secret millionaire who lives with his mother, Bruce, Bruce Minton the Third. And uh, there, there is a part where he's like, he keeps talking about, I need to get to Santa Barbara to my mother's house or something like that. And uh, when he later comes back and picks her up for a, a date. She's like, oh, how far away from your ha- house from there? And we're assuming we're in Malibu. And he, she's like, you know, oh, just like five miles up the road. I'm like, oh, that's not at like, and it's like, oh, well, Santa Barbara's way farther away than that. Except he says, oh, yeah, we own all this land. The house is way farther away than that, though. Like, whew. No, that was just a line. I don't know what he's saying. Oh, it was just a line. It was a line because he wanted to pull over a neck with her. Oh, well, who doesn't? I'll pull over a neck with Pat Boone. Wait. I mean, I think he was like, yeah, my house is five miles right. up there. And I was like, which way is this going to go? I don't think he was smart enough to make a line like that. He was playing dumb. 
Well, how long had they been driving when we saw them there? I don't know. It wasn't a real-time situation. No, it wasn't. I wasn't trying to... I think I might have been in the bathroom. Guys. Cut it down Yeah, that. you were. We heard you in the bathroom. You were having a hard time. <laughs> God. <laughs> With those blueprints you were getting ready. That's right. I'm an architect. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about architecture. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of this guy's house? Charlie so says. I'm, gonna, I'm just waiting for somebody to walk up and you're like, oh, Aaron, Aaron, here's my card. I'm looking for somebody to work on a project. I'm setting you up. (laughs) This is just a note. um, Since we're talking about architecture in this movie, it seems like there were an awful lot of ways to get outside from inside of the house. Mm. And um, they had a step down living room. Right. Mm. Yeah, they did. Step down. Sunken in. I feel like that's not something you see very often anymore. The step down. It's so cool. That's the way the Smiths like house is, right? They have kind of a step down. A little bit. Yeah. But I'm talking about like fully enclosed. Oh, I don't know. It's Campo's dream. She wants a sunken uh, living room. Or whatever you call it. Mm. Whatever. I just want a, a door. You want a door? I mean, other than the door to the bathroom, like another door in the house, like if there were two rooms instead of just the one. okay. (laughs) Understood. I dream big. Anyway. Um. (laughs) (laughs) A little too open for Joel. Okay, my question is, uh, I want to get straight to this particular thing. How feminist or anti-feminist is this movie? Because I, I feel like well, uh, usually I'm a pretty good judge at uh, like misogyny being on display and stuff like this. And I don't think it, it, that this movie's meant to be taken seriously like that or anything like that. But it certainly plays around with a whole bunch of things. I had a bit of a red, red alert moment with this movie when um, the, the Enterprise inside my head had a red alert moment mm-hmm. when... Uh, um, when when uh, Char- Charlie slaps the lady's butt in the uh, um, hairdressing salon, but Charlie's a lady. I know, I know, Joel. But it was just very like, yeah. And it was a bit on the nose, but no, I know. That was the only moment. That was actually, I think, literally the only I mean, moment I shook my head like, we, like we very physically. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Previously established that Charlie is a sexist. Pig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it's to be expected, but it was just kind of, I was surprised that, because I, I, leading up to that point, um, Charlie is talking about how he's, like, accepting his femininity, and he's like, uh, I believe the line is, a, a town a town full of suckers, and I'm equipped to handle it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? If you know <laughs> what I mean. What he throws. Question mark? Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I have ideas about this that I would like to share off the recording. Absolutely. But, um, I don't I don't mean to pressure you. No, but um basically it never rectifies it. It says he's a cad, he's a bad guy, a player, and he's used people and been mean to them. And it's unapologetic about it. And through the story, transitions happen with the characters, but they never they never rectify it. Totally. Right. Totally. It's like, I kept thinking that it was going to be a moral thing where, like, he got his comeuppance for being so mean to all these women. 
And that wasn't the direction it was going in. It was, he did eventually see the error of his, some of his ways, but, um, but he, they still were just like, he's a bad guy. But I have seen movies that focus on a bad protagonist and they don't, they're unapologetic about it. And I don't really know. I mean, I think in this situation, and like I said, I don't, I don't usually go on about this stuff, especially yeah. from movies this long ago, but it seems like it was too much the norm of him to just like slap that girl's yeah. butt or like, you know, making out with everyone. It was like he was, it was like he had slept with every woman in town. Yeah. Yeah. And then he tried to extort them. Yes. For the month, for the story of sleeping with them. There was definitely no redemptive act. Or blackmail or whatever, yeah. I, right. I, I didn't feel there was a single moment of redemption, for, or, or at least that he had like a moment where he's like, oh, I can change my ways, or nope. No, he never felt that no. way. Mm. And Debbie Reynolds plays it great. She, she is the mm. jerk guy yeah. she's when she's fun. playing that. Yeah. And, and she's going, you know, I hate broads or whatever. Like, she's just going on and on about what a pain in the ass women are. And then at the end of the movie, you see a transition. But um, I think that she she could have even been pretending to be somebody she knew. Like, it was that spot on to the way, like, guys probably were at the time. Because mm-hmm. it was socially acceptable. Yeah. I mean, she starts to get a come up. It's not the, at the very end of the movie. And then, uh, like, it doesn't deal with that because we're at the end of the movie. So it's, it's not a moment of, yeah. moment of clarity as much as a means to an ends to an ends to an end. Yeah. I was just curious because it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like a feminist movie at all because. Yeah. No. No, I do I do think it's cool that a woman got to play a part like that at that time. Yeah. And that she was able to kind of stick it to the man in that way, yeah. you know. I guess yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. But I don't think outside of of her experience of it that watching the movie makes you feel um like women have prevailed or anything. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, like even as Charlie, as the the woman doesn't like climb the social ladder or anything like that. It's it's all too quick and it's all too, you know, scheming or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Walter Matthau in this movie. I just I just got to go back to Walter Matthau because I, yeah, stealing the movie. You said that earlier, Sarah. Like, I haven't seen enough Walter Matthau apparently. Yeah, he's awesome. Because in this, so good. Yeah, he's so good. He made us laugh out loud, and Joel barely ever laughs out loud mm-hmm. at movies. And this was it. It struck all of us. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like there was definitely. I wrote my notes. I wrote at one point. I was just like, it gets a bit tedious. But like, I was mm-hmm. instantly drawn back in the movie when when it, whenever he was on when he was talking to George. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah. Awesome, dude. We spent too much time in the beginning establishing that Charlie was Charlie and 
like how weird it was. Like Tony Curtis, we we got to follow him around while he's pacing around the room. I got yo. Know, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with this. I gotta. I'm gonna call a psychiatrist. What you? What is the psychologist gonna do? And then, like yeah. you, you've already agreed that this person is Charlie. Yeah. You're not gonna the psycho. The psychoanalyst is just gonna be like, uh, nope, they're delusional. Yep. Or something like that. But yeah, they there's a lot of. Uh, Walking around the, the, you know, if this was a stage play, whatever the set is for this house. And, uh, we spend at least, it feels like at least 30 minutes in there after Charlie remembers that she is Charlie. I felt that the movie was too long. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it, like you were saying, was obviously a stage play. There were things about it that, that worked more like a stage play in my mind. And Mm. I think some of the comedy that they play off of each other was really like you see in a like farce comedy. Yeah. And it reminded me of like noises off and like other comedies where people are, you know, slamming doors or, you know, getting into each other's faces or whatever. And, um, Mm. and, uh, it also reminded me of this other play from, the 90s called Sylvia where um there's a woman who plays a dog oh interesting she's the family dog and the part is like the woman depending on the attitude of the the woman who's playing the dog it can be like a different kind of dog sometimes it's like more of like a happy-go-lucky dog more of a anyway oh that's uh, that's really cool that they leave it up for the actor to interpret it mm. yeah what type of canine they are yeah interesting i think that it's like the idea of trying to be something else in your body is kind of an an interesting idea <laughs> yeah. and the way the dialogue was was like two people on a stage going back and forth yeah, between each other yes. yeah mm-hmm. And you can even see which parts of this were, like, cut where they could have just been describing it in the next scene. Because uh, based on what I was reading about the play, I don't think the it leaves the beach house. I think that they come back and they'd be like, I just swindled these ladies. I told them that Charlie had a diary and I, you know, I was going to publish it. And guess what? Here's $10,000 or something like that. Instead, we uh, we go to the spa where... Uh, Lady Charlie, which is what I'm going to call Debbie Reynolds now, Lady Charlie, um, <laughs> is you know they're getting the getting the full uh, full treatment. That's when she smacks that person on the butt, and uh, we we see some hijinks with the ladies running around. Do spas like that actually exist, or did actually exist, Aaron? <laughs> well, let me. You're an architect. My, uh, let me go Have you ever built one? <laughs> 77 miles or whatever. <laughs> you don't know. No, we just lost all of our nerd cred. As you back. said, 77 miles. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll go 420 miles an hour. And, um, because 420. There you go. And then, uh, we'll go see what happens, Joel. Definitely. Uh, so what do we think about that, Joel? I wasn't alive in the 60s, what? but I think that, um, but I think that a spa could have potentially looked like that in the 60s if, if it were spacious enough to film in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's the important part. <laughs> yeah. 
I feel like there was a scene like that in Greece. Yeah, there was. Okay, so it must have been a thing. I don't know. Hmm. But that's one of a couple of scenes where we actually leave the house. Another one where uh, Charlie does feel regret for something that she's doing is, like I said, uh, Pat Boone is playing this millionaire, and she decides that she's going to fleece, fleece him and uh, pretend that they're going to get, you know, or get actually get married so that she could get his money. And uh, he ends up charming her too much, like, uh, because they get drunk together in a huge wine cellar. Wait, are we going all the way there? I'm just, like, walking all over the place. So I'm not really going in order. Do you have other notes between what we were talking about and, like, when they go up to his wine cellar? Uh, I was just going to talk a little bit about the investigator, uh, Roger Carmel's character. Mm-hmm. Um, just the fact that I was really excited that he showed up. It's a real Sherlock Holmes. And then the movie just kind of drops him real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why do, why do you like this guy, Aaron? Oh, because Roger Carmel played Henry Mudd in uh, Star Trek in a few episodes. I, I Mudd and Mudd's Ladies. And I think that's what the episode's called. Mm-hmm. Couple of his name is Mud. His name is Mud. No, I don't know. Yeah, probably something else. He's a fun actor. Yeah, I, I've seen at least one of those episodes. Yeah, original Star Trek, but this was before that. So yeah, 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 yeah. sixty-four. But I mean, it, it seems like he was playing like that was just his shtick. I, I wanted. I was like, okay, movie. Where's this going? He was weird. He was really Where's weird this in going, this movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite scene was the scene where they go to Walter Matthau's party. Mm. By the way, we should say that Walter Matthau is the one who killed Charlie in the first place. Yeah, he's the character that killed him. Yeah. I don't know how he got off. (laughs) There's a really quick line. line. Unfortunately, I didn't write it down. He said that uh, he got out on $50,000 bail Mm -hmm. and that and the lawyers said it was self-defense since it happened on his property. Oh. So Yeah, that's right. But he's a liar. So he is he is also a scum, but he is a super entertaining scum. Yeah, that's the that's the scene where um <laughs> Debbie Reynolds Lady Charlie faces off with him. And part of the comedy thing is that Walter Matthau's character starts to fall for her immediately and not knowing it's Charlie who he killed. And then there's this moment where the Tony Curtis character and Debbie Reynolds get into a big fight because he finds out that um, Charlie went to lunch with some ladies that Charlie slept with when he was a man and tried to black them, blackmail them. Did, did blackmail them. Yeah. Blackmail them out of $5,000 each. Yeah. And um, I think Tony Curtis's character is like, it's, I can't mm-hmm. trust you anymore kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. 
That part, that part when when she blacksmith black blacksmiths when she smacks smacks smacks. I couldn't say it either. <laughs> when she having a when she blackmails the two ladies when they're out to lunch, it's pretty funny because the, she's like, "Waiter, two blank two blank checks, please." Uh, he's yeah, like, okay, yeah. and he walks away. Like, wait, this is just something somebody can you go can get for me. Ask someone for two blank checks. Yeah, thank you. At a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. That was a new one to me too. Maybe it's a drink order. I don't know. I have a blank check. Because when I think of blank check, I think of that movie with that kid and that. Okay, sorry. You mean the blank check? Yeah, Miguel Ferrer. It's a doozy. I can't remember. (laughs) It's got that guy in it. Yeah, I um. The, you know, the party scene is so good because of the way Walter Matthau just won't shut up, <laughs> in yeah. my opinion. He just... He's surrounded by all of his adoring. He's like, my friends, I've yeah. been released from... Pre-. You know, he's doing this Hungarian accent. And the only reason I know it's Hungarian is because he sees uh, he sees George and he's like... And George says something, he's like... I'm so shocked that if I wasn't, a fr- I, I would be speechless if I wasn't Hungarian. Yeah. It sounds like the kind of thing Steve Martin would invent yes. on the spot. Just yeah. like. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. He, um, he was great. And that for me, I don't know how exactly that would have taken place in the play, and and I'm fine with not knowing that. Yeah. But I feel like it seemed like they were stuck at the beach house a lot. Yeah. And that they were going round and round talking to each other a lot. Mm-hmm. But the party was fun. The party scene where they they dealt with a lot of stuff in the story, too. And that's when the investigator ends up getting involved because he knows that they've been fraternizing with the guy who supposedly killed their friend. And then the investigator starts to wonder if maybe they were involved in some way in his death. Or I'm not even sure that's the case. I, he doesn't really give a clue as to what he's looking into. I got felt that I, I felt that it was just kind of like a, a more of a gesture to like. Like just something to check off on a paper somewhere. That's right. why he was really there. I'm part of the investigation, but but no one was really taking it seriously because they already thought that he was a but a yeah. jerk nope. to begin with. It, he's from the Department of Homicide, and yeah. he just he just has a couple things he needs yeah. to yeah. ask. He's just a just, just one more thing, one just more a question. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's the way this. Mo- I forgot about that. We were saying the the way the movie starts with the boat, and then all of a sudden a crime happens. It feels exactly like a freaking Columbo episode. <laughs> yeah, like and we already knew who'd committed the crime. Now Columbo's going to come in. And he's going <laughs> to try to figure out. <laughs> and poor Joel, <laughs> I love Columbo so much that he's like. Now familiar with the Columbo like my, my, formula. <laughs> I'm not don't don't pour Joel me. I love Columbo now. <laughs> but I did I did watch a lot of Columbo around you yeah. before you liked it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll have to find there's this um underground comic I have somewhere. There's a caricature of Columbo in it. I'll mm. find it for you. Oh my gosh, I love Peter Falk. It's pretty good. Warren Ellis did like a Columbo knockoff, and like he had, he did these like 
five single issue like sample story ideas he did and one of them was this total Columbo knockoff. Oh awesome. <clears throat> I love Columbo so much. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I used to watch it with my dad or something, but like it's so Because it's good. It's good. He's good. Yeah. Peter it. Falk is amazing. Yeah, he's good in it and um and it's never about who killed who? It's about how he's going to catch them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because we already I love know that. I yeah. love that. About that's it. that's it works the best backwards. thing about it. Yeah. It's really creative that way. Mm-hmm. And like they don't do. I don't think there's a series that does that now. Like most of them are all procedural. Very procedural. And like you don't know who the killer is. You might see the crime, but you won't see who the killer was. And then Castle has to come along. Yeah, Castle starts with a murder usually. Yeah, but we but don't you see don't the see who killed them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Turns out it's like the third, the second person they interviewed, but they let go and then they bring him back again. It's usually the case. <laughs> I watched some of those CSI ones recently, and I'm always on purpose. Surprised. No, it just it was on. I was somewhere when it was on. Hmm. And Your mother-in-law's house. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's I just I, I couldn't I just kept laughing at how like how much they were like messing up and like getting caught by the criminals. <laughs> and, like, I was like, what? What? Like they outsmarted us again. This is not. Yeah. Anyways. Implausible. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. But don't worry, my partner's just around the corner and he's the one who's going to save us. And <laughs> sure enough. He's got the super spectrum llama llama. Yeah. Yeah. And the sunglasses I like. And I had the guy from the Robin from that one Batman and Robin movie. I don't know. Oh, so you were watching NCIS at, uh, LA or, or Maybe that's New Orleans or Chris something O'Donnell. like that? Yeah. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. It's Los Angeles, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally different than the CSI. Don't oh, even, why would you mix those two? Uh, I don't know why. That's not at all. Aaron, that's not. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I just don't know my okay. cop procedures. Yeah, well, NCIS has Joe Spano. Okay. CSI does not. Okay, that's, you schooled that's me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. <laughs> I'm glad you know this. This is a picture of Mark Harmon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know when I'm running out of energies when I go back to Family Guy jokes. So, Yeah. This movie, uh, we were stumbling around because there's a lot. There's this movie is just mostly people talking. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like, it had enough gems in it that yeah. I, I thought it was super, not super. I I, I thought it was very entertaining in certain spots. Other parts, you know, just you know, drift off into yeah. imagination land or whatever. You know, the person who wrote this wrote the screenplay for Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I think Breakfast at Tiffany's um, has some of the same, like, style of humor. Mm -hmm. And maybe some of the same, like, you know, people are jerks and it's funny and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I don't know. I think that... It was a lot of people talking to each other. I didn't feel like my life would have been very different if I hadn't ever seen it. (laughs) But I enjoyed watching it because I thought that Debbie Reynolds, Walter Matthau, and Tony Curtis did a great job. This is the only second, this only the second time I've seen Debbie. 
This is only the second time I've seen Debbie Reynolds from this time period. The other time being uh, Singing in the Rain. So I'm, I haven't seen much of her over or, or whatever. Uh, the guy who who wrote that also wrote The Seven Year Itch. And that has a very similar feel to this movie. Like, especially with the attitude towards women. I haven't seen that, but I'm surprised to hear that. It's, um, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I thought the seven year itch has funny moments, but it is really, it's kind of a really gross premise. Well, I think, you know, if you're talking about it in terms of like the female characters or whatever, is it something like that? The concept of the seven-year itch is that within uh, or into the seventh year of marriage, a man naturally has to wander, has has a wandering thing, and so you know when the family, for some reason in this universe, the families all go on vacation without the father, and that's that's when daddy gets to do whatever he's going to do. Oh, that it's like agreed upon. I guess. That's I weird. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, Dad's a bachelor for this uh, summer vacation time or something like that. Yeah, and this—I mean, this—that—that's why I'm saying it's kind of in the same thing. Like, boys will be boys, right? Oh, yeah, Charlie will be Charlie. They did use that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how did you guys feel about the whole—the part when he? Is drunk with uh, Maximilian or whatever, whatever that character's name is uh, the the Pat Boone character, and he gets the you know he gets the rock on his finger. Van whatever. Yeah. You know. Vandersloot. It's that same. It's that you know. It's like sexual politics because you know you're experiencing this as her, but also like from the perspective of a man. And it's like, I get this gigantic rock, like, oh, the rest of my life is going to be a cakewalk, because this guy's rich, he got me a rock, and I can do whatever I want now. Right. And it's like, it's like a man's reality is to think that a woman's life is a cakewalk after she gets married. Well, because she gets married to a millionaire. I mean, obviously, the only thing that's going to be easy, easy street from now on, right? That's what. Yeah, but what about Tony Curtis? I mean, I feel like in the movie they're trying to say, like, Tony Curtis is like a catch, too. And that. I think he has a reputation himself. Yeah, but at the same time, I think. I think they're, you know, insinuating that a woman like Debbie Debbie Reynolds would be happy to end up with somebody like Tony Curtis and, you know, Word. not right. just because they're matched, but because. Right. Um, well, I, when I was talking about the rich guy, I mean, specifically the part where Charlie starts to feel bad about what she's doing. You know, after he drunkenly confesses that she, he thinks that she's amazing and perfect and like all this do, you feel, do you yourself feel that was a bit of a redemptive moment for, for Charlie's character mm-hmm. instead of going along with the, the the scam no I feel like it was unearned like basically like don't I don't feel like uh, Charlie was the kind of person that would have been like oh I shouldn't hurt this sap no I, I feel like Charlie was like 
Look at how weak this man is. I shouldn't take advantage of this good man okay. who trusts me and is looking for a good wife. So if I were a man... And also, he puts her on a freaking pedestal. And yes. Charlie knows that, number one, he's Charlie. He's a dirtbag guy, right. not a lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that, you know, that this guy could have a real sincere bond with someone not just being, like, swindled, you yeah. know? Yeah. You feel bad for him afterwards. He just gets left in the lurch. He probably kills himself in that wine cellar afterwards. Anyways, uh, how's it going, Aaron? It's good. Well, it's you good. leaned away from your microphone, so I can't oh, hear you. Oh, sorry. I'm here. Hey. Hi. Hi, Joel. How are you? I'll just cut that part out. No, you won't. You won't. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> yeah, but the way the movie was going, I mean, it was all over the place at that point. We had a detective. We had people, you know, yelling at each other. We had this guy falling in love with her, proposing. Like, I almost was expecting him to be like, here's my mom. And it was like a dead body, like in yep. Psycho or something, because it was like so all over the place that I didn't know if a really funny thing was about to happen. Yeah. And I thought that painting was is like, this is mom. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was talking about her like she was still alive, but the painting was all that was there. Yeah. They were definitely setting up for that when, when, <clears throat> when Charlie asks and when, when he's like, so what are your interests? And he's like, well, Taking care of my mom. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the first and thing he said. I was like, oh, red alert, dude. And cars. Red alert. And cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, mm, no, psycho all the way. <laughs> <laughs> mother knows best. Mm -hmm. Boy's fr best friend is his mother. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, that's what uh -huh. happened. Okay, he didn't commit suicide in that wine cellar. After after he woke up and realized that she had left and left the ring, she, he walked to the back of the wine cellar, opened up the thing, and went, sorry, ladies, I guess you're not going to have another visitor, and then closed it. Oh. There wasn't, but we don't actually get to see. Oh, the way dang. the shot's done is we just hear him say that and then close is the door. Is that like your AMC slash HBO... It's a star series. Okay. Star series. Yes, it's, it's uh, by the makers of Ash versus the Evil Dead. Um, and uh, it's only seven hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> so the the way this movie winds down, winds <laughs> up, is we Tony Curtis is for some reason running all over the place like he's ever since that I detective like showed that. up yeah I didn't like any of that exposition yeah I didn't know where it was going and it didn't yeah. end up making a bit of difference mm -hmm. at the end no well you uh which part exposition part are you talking about when he's talking to Walter Matthau again no I'm, I was talking about how he runs across town mm -hmm. the detectives chasing him and She's up in, you know, Lady Charlie is up in wherever, Santa Barbara or something, mm -hmm. and then runs back to Malibu or something. And, yeah, then there's the Walter Matthau part, and then there's the... Yeah, because I like that part when he escapes from the detective and Walter Matthau once again gets to to goof off for the camera. That was really Making good. the phone calls. I felt that the, the end, mm -hmm. end of the card scene... Manuel. Hola, amigo. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to need your help again. 
she so say to that guy? What did he say to that? I don't remember. It's like, <laughs> Buenas noches. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> When it's not just amigo. So good. <laughs> it's like taking it all serious. I it definitely at that so moment good. was wondering where this movie was going. Yeah. I was like, what's going to happen next? Where's this going? Yeah, I was like, are they getting passports and a helicopter? And then, of course, like you find out he's not really calling anybody. But phone's disconnected, guys. Mm. We didn't know why he wasn't really calling anybody until the end, which... It's because he wanted to force a woman. He wanted to be with Debbie Reynolds. Yes. He thought he was so charming. And he charmed uh, some lady while he was at the party before he uh, saw Debbie Reynolds. That lady's probably still waiting in the greenhouse for him. Like two days later. Uh, yeah, he just shows up at the house, and uh, all of a sudden, poor Charlie finds himself in a position he never thought he'd be in. Or she'd never thought she'd be. Charlie. Anyways. Meeting up in the greenhouse. Where do they meet up in Sabrina? Like the the indoor tennis court? <laughs> yep, indoor tennis court. Yeah. <laughs> Not not the four not the four car garage the indoor no, tennis court. That's right. Mm. <laughs> um, sorry, <laughs> no, that's okay. Now I'm thinking about Sabrina. So Walter <laughs> Matthau makes a play. They're outside of the house, and this other woman, his wife, his wife, who is the woman we saw with Charlie in, in the, the beginning, beginning, which is why Walter Matthau shot him. Comes full circle because the lady doesn't know that that's Charlie and Debbie Reynolds. And this time, she's got a gun. She shoots Charlie, who falls comically off the side of the house into the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) Honestly, not the ending I was expecting to happen. I was, uh, there was, I was, I definitely wasn't like, wow. I I just said that, like, I was like, what? I just assumed that she was okay because they made light of it and Tony Curtis jumped in after her. I was like, oh, maybe Tony Curtis is going to be in love with Charlie after all. And then, of course, yeah. That bromance became a romance and it's okay this time because it's a woman. In the movie, I'm I'm saying. uh, Love is love in real life. In the 60s, you might get a cross eye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Audibly cross my eyes. What? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> everyone just kind <laughs> everyone is just. Guess what? The body's gone again. Uh, Tony Curtis comes up and he's just like, "There's nothing there. Like she's gone." And Walter Matthau and his wife are like, "Okay, well, uh, sh- should we call the police?" And like, "No, no, I'll take care of it." And they just walk off. Yep. And uh, murderers. Yep. He uh, shuts down for the night. Tony Curtis uh, once again, and he starts to hear somebody say, "Charlie, Charlie, Charlie," and then there's a gigantic dog. It's Cujo. It's a Great Dane. Oh, it's, it's a beast. beast. Mm. Yeah, it's a handsome boy. Oh yeah, mm, that's that's when all three of us are like, "Oh, this movie's interesting it's now." Getting better. <laughs> oh, 
It's a pup. Look at this doggy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a friend, and he just wants to be in the house. No, he's a sweet. But along with Charlie comes Debbie Reynolds. Oh, yeah, that's right. Debbie Reynolds is looking for her dog, Charlie, and comes in. Tony Curtis is like, what the what hell? The what the age? Yeah. Like, I can't believe, you know, like, obviously, he's, he thinks he's like, he like, he's like, poking at her like he's like have you always been a woman <laughs> she takes it rather well when he asks her that yeah uh, and uh in the ending i guess they're gonna be falling in love yeah they were, they were setting it up yeah and she's yeah. she's hey, much I'm, more demure she says she's a complete she says she's virginia mason she lives right up the beach Completely uh, available. Why do you call your Why'd you call your dog Charlie? I don't know. Just sound like a good name for the dog. Because I just found him, right? Yeah, I guess that just must be the found case. Him. I just happen to have this leash, and I happen to find this dog. Yep. But it turns out it is Charlie reincarnated as a dog, and they tell us that because he knows exactly where the bottle is behind the book that yeah. Charlie oh, yeah. hid in his study. The secret bottle of vodka, which of course behind he hides. Yes. Perfect hiding place. Yes. And that bottle of tequila behind uh, A Thousand Days of Solitude. I don't know. Is that maybe that guy's not Mexican? I take it back. Don't don't listen to me. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So this makes this an interesting part. Yeah. This was probably the most interesting part for us when it came to discussing this movie, because here we are presented with Demi, Debbie Reynolds, like a hundred percent. This is Debbie Reynolds, a hundred percent. She's saying she is Virginia Mason. She doesn't know about Charlie or anything like that because uh, she, what, she's a widower or something? No, she's not a widower. She's just, uh, it was her parents' house or something, and she's yeah. living there now. Yeah. And this opens up to some hypotheses we were making about is this the same person? Is this actually the same woman that Charlie was? Yeah, we start speculating about that because um, in the beginning, she says she has amnesia when Charlie comes back as a woman, and we were speculating that maybe it was somebody who had amnesia that lived down the street Yeah, that somehow knew about Charlie's life and shenanigans, and then when she fell again, maybe she got her memory back or something. Or Joel was saying Charlie could have had a very intense diary that (laughs) she studied. Um, His little black book of notes. And that could have, like, been the formation of this uh, memory she created for herself, you know? She could have had an affair with Charlie and named her dog Charlie after him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. She could be an assassin sent by the uh, Colombian government. We talked about this way longer than I expected. Us yeah, too. what I'm this movie? Pretty impressed, yeah. guys. Well, impressed. that's because about fifteen minutes of it is us talking about architecture and other movies. Well, I'm glad that we. Uh, <laughs> the I mean, filler guys. Hey, Everyone's we, here for the no, filler, no. Joel. We we squeezed out some good. I mean, uh, okay, like I do. I do feel like there's there's a bunch of things to think about when it comes to the ending, though. Because it like the way it leaves off, it does 
it, it, it feels like you could just hypothesize. And the fact of the matter is, it's probably just absolutely nothing like that. Yeah. It's probably just exactly what they lead you to believe. Mm -hmm. That Charlie died, became a woman, died, and then became a dog. Mm -hmm. And where do they go? Wait a minute. Are they saying that man, woman is lower than man and the dog is lower than woman? Because it's up. You know what? I think that that was a little bit, you know, a little bit of a um, acknowledgement of how bad he was. Mm -hmm. Was that he was reincarnated as a dog. Same thing happens in Petey Wheatstraw to that one guy. Oh, yeah. He's a dog and I want him to be a dog. Aaron, you remember. I do. Yeah. I do. So. I, I was there, Joel. Don't tell me it didn't happen. I saw it happen. I was there. So, goodbye, Charlie. <laughs> uh, remade as a movie called Switch, which I was telling these guys about earlier in the 90s. Don't don't watch that version, apparently. No bueno. Uh, <laughs> Good, no goodbye, point. Charlie, for real this time. Yes. Bye. We get, we, get, we get to hear the song again at the end of this, but we're saying goodbye ourselves. <laughs> All right. So uh, next week we got a listener pick, and uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do about that. So I don't know what movie we're going to choose. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll play it by ear like we normally do. We never have any organization. What are you talking about? Until then. I need some lessons from you guys. Sure. Wait. Did you already turn off the podcast? Don't don't turn off the podcast yet. I know some people wait until I say something about lessons and then you, you unplug this podcast. So if you already did, you're going to miss this part that I'm going to say right now. How do you know that, Joel? Uh, somebody, uh, oh, because I did that survey, remember? Um, and people end it before we do the closing out stuff. So, contest. We're having a contest, guys. I forgot to tell Aaron and Sarah. Oh. And uh, it's for a special <laughs> a special gift, a kiss from... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Here I'll is... Design your home. You actually remembered to tell us this one, but you forgot that you remembered to tell us. Yes, I know. I use my architecture. I remembered when I forgot telling you about this contest. Listeners, here's a contest for you guys. We're going to put together a three-part prize pack. One of it's going to be a movie. One of it's going to be a piece of uh, art, a drawing uh, by Aaron Cornelius, uh, whether he likes it or not. And the, the third item, I don't remember what we said is going to be, but we'll figure it out. It's a piece of Joel's and clothing. In order, choice. To, in order to enter into this contest, we need you to do this thing. What, wait, what'd you say I'm going to do? <laughs> oh, I said the third part's going to be a piece of clothing, customer, listener choice <laughs> from Joel's uh, collection. No, you're getting a sock. <laughs> you're getting what I wear when we, when we podcast, which is only socks. <laughs> hey, Joel. Yes? You know, like trading cards? Hey, let me finish this. All right. <laughs> People have already turned it off. So here's the, here's the way to enter the contest, listener. Go on to Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, make a Twitter account. That's the way you can enter. It doesn't matter how many followers you have or anything like that. You, I want you to tweet about our podcast on your account and mention our. You don't uh, mention at Outer Space Pod. That is our Twitter account. 
And the mention doesn't have to be anything in particular. It could be like, I'm listening to at Outer Space Pod or my favorite episode by at Outer Space Pod is this or I want to win this contest. So check out at Outer Space Pod. <laughs> I don't really care. I just want to see some mentions of our Twitter account on Twitter. We will randomly select one of the people that does this and they will win this prize pack. We'll get in contact with you and we will send it off to you. This uh, contest is going to run for one month. I think that'll be plenty of time. And uh, that'll be from the release of this episode, which will be on Monday, the 3rd of April. So by May 3rd, is what you're saying. That's right. May 3rd, we will announce the winner. All right. May 3rd. Cool. Wait, May 3rd, we will pick out the winner. We'll announce the winner on... <laughs> what? <clears throat> on the 8th of May, because that'll be the next time we record an episode. Cool. Yeah. Is that okay? I'll put it into the show notes. I'll put it on the Facebook page so that people know that this contest is running. Contest, put it on man. Twitter. Twitter? Twitter. Nobody follows us on Twitter. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> All right, guys. Think of some lessons. I'm ready. For ready by Charlie. The movie that made us all laugh, made us all cry, made us all poop our pants. Wait, that was uh, Petey Wheatstraw. Let's see. Okay, outro. Joel? Joel? Joel, are you there? Oh, hey. Hey! You got a suggestion or a comment? Write into please don't podcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. If you're a consistent listener, uh, something, please subscribe to us. Rate us on the podcatcher of your choice. It helps us increase our visibility. And if you send us an email to let us know you reviewed us, we will read your review on the air. We're going to start doing that. Check out our podcast network, the Ear Trumpet Audio Network at eartrumpetaudio.com. The uh, got a bunch of different shows. The one I will mention this week is Taxes and Tater Tots, a show about growing up and not letting go of the things that make us adults and children or something like that. You know what? I can't remember the description. I like Tater Tots. But I was already on, I was just on this uh, podcast recently oh, cool. talking about sodas and how I treat them differently than when I was a kid, which is that I don't make a suicide soda anymore. Apparently, that's a local colloquialism. Really? Yeah. Because when I said it to those guys from New York, yeah. they were like, I think I've heard that before, maybe? <laughs> I was like, oh, nobody calls it suicide? Hey. Wow. Okay, then. Anyway, taxes and tater tots on iTunes. So, lesson? Did you guys actually learn anything from this movie? <laughs> Well, uh, I guess um, my lesson from uh, Goodbye Charlie is that uh, hopefully uh, when I die or I'm murdered, um, I hope that uh, I have a really cool animated clip occur after mm. my demise. Mm. Whether it be, you know, straight up murder from Joel or 
I promise we'll play that at your funeral. Thanks, man. If I awesome some, cool fish. somehow outlive you. In fact, the only way to guarantee that is to uh, shoot you. Oh. <sighs> I guess that's my lesson, though. Now I need to hire an animator. This is going to cost a fortune. Well, let's get the GoFundMe going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll run it from prison. Uh, my lesson for this movie is, uh, these women had to go through a lot to get their hair done. Yeah. It was Serious. a very long process, and it was painful. It looked pretty painful, yeah. A lot of, a lot of teasing, washing, and... Curling. And putting up, and then... That 60s hairstyle, huh? Like... Moving to one side just so that you can move it to another side. Now it has like a crimp in it. Yeah. It was molded. Mm-hmm. The hair was molded. Yeah. They put it into uh, a cast. <laughs> <laughs> I sit with this for 24 hours. I have like a 60s hairstyle how to paper book, handbook somewhere. Mm. My house, I used to draw. Nice. I was going to say, I I thought you were going to say you used to put your hair into this. Well, yeah. You know, when I do that, too. Yeah. (laughs) Beehive or. Whatever planet I'll bring it in. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. I could do the Walter Matthau one. It's going to be perfectly cute. Oh, yeah, Joel. Mm -hmm. How you doing? Yep. How you doing? Pretty good. My lesson is that the twist looks really cool when you've got one of those dresses with all the things hanging off of it. Dude, that lady was amazing in this movie. <laughs> she was going at it. <laughs> Didn't have to say a thing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, you know what you're doing. Yep. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah, she was awesome. It was like a, you know, Tina Turner type of experience watching her shake around in a fringy dress. It was like a 60s, um, it's like a 60s beaded um, style dress. I have one of those. I nice. have it. Now we know. Yeah. That's what it's made for. That's cool. It's for it's for beads to move. <laughs> but she was moving a lot. She was moving fast. Yeah, it was hurting me. <laughs> I was like, how does she keep doing that? <laughs> I couldn't help but notice too that once she realized that, like, one of the main actors was next to her, she started dancing even harder. Yep. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, oh, I really got to dance. Now we're <laughs> like, oh, crap. You challenge me? Walter Matthau's right in front of me. <laughs> well, I let me show, show you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Over 9,000. Dancing furiously. Yep. I think that would be an outro to describe it. Absolutely. She had something to prove, and she proved it well. It was awesome. We'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Good night. Goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye. You know, I didn't even Charlie. mention this was a random pick, but yeah, anyways. Bye. And, um, bye. I shouldn't rub my face up in the mic. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> My face is too close to the mic, Joel. <laughs> You're responsible. Is this close enough? <laughs> You're responsible for your own face. Every time you make that rock, oh yeah, you get so closer to closer to being fired. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, Joel, what has gotten into you? <laughs> he has to learn responsibility. <laughs> she thinks, Dad. Yeah, mow the lawn. Okay. Here's your Top Gun soundtrack. Thanks, man. Joel made a joke to our neighbors the other day. Oh yeah, what did he say? I think he scared them. Oh, shit. Because you know how he likes to make jokes about things. Mm -hmm. He does throw some zingers. And it's like deadpan, and you can't tell if he means it or not. That's true. Well, our neighbor came over and asked if we could feed their cat while they're out of town. And I was frying up some bacon. Mm. Like, literally Mm -hmm. had bacon in a pan. Mm -hmm. And our neighbor said, something smells good in there. What is that? Are you guys cooking? And... Joel said, it's one of the cats. Oh! That's good, though. That's good. How did they react, How did they react to that, Joel? <laughs> oh, I, okay. I think he said, he said, I don't know what to do with that information. Yes. Hey, everyone's a critic, right, Joel? I just wanted him to know where we stood when it came to cats on occasion. Oh my god. Occasionally, we gotta cook that cat. It's true. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. 